The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together with Simon Peter, Thomas called Tidemus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything? To eat. They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. And Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner, the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had Finish breakfast. And Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you, do you love me more than this? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. And then he said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. S Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, 
Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the Gospel today, we heard one of those beautiful accounts, the, one of those post-resurrection accounts of Jesus with his disciples. Let's put the context of the story here so that we understand why Peter and the other disciples were acting that way. At this point in the gospel, the disciples already went back to their old way of life. After being disillusioned of the death of Christ, after their abandonment of the ministry and of the path that they walked with Christ for three years, the logical thing to do was to go back to their usual occupation, to their old way of life, to fishing. But one thing that is so striking in here is that going back to their old way of life is more than just going back to their old occupation, to the trade that they knew. Going back to their old way of life was practically going back to the time when they did not know Jesus yet. And this is actually explained to us sub subtly. Is that how you pronounce it? Subtly. Is that how you do it? Anyway, you know my my point in a subtle way yeah the gospel explaining to us in a subtle way by telling us that they were out in the sea all night and they caught nothing going back to our old way of life to the disciples old way of life without jesus is to experience void nothingness lack and this is exactly the experience of the disciples in their pre-discipleship before they knew jesus and what happened with the disciples in the gospel today was like a reenactment of the very first time jesus talked with them remember the very first time that jesus called peter and the other disciples Jesus was walking by the shore, and he also saw Peter there, and then he, he talked to Peter and said, have you caught anything? Then Peter said, oh no, we were out all night, 
and we were not successful. We caught nothing. And Jesus said to him, why don't you go back and go to the other side and then cast your net again? Then Peter said, what are you talking about? I'm a fisherman. I've been doing this for a long time. And you're a carpenter. What do you know about fishing? But, you know, in that first encounter, Peter obeyed. And then, when he cast the net again and he caught a large number of fish, Peter said to him, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. That was the first encounter of Peter with Jesus. And Jesus says, Get up. I want you to be fisher of men. So, it's like a deja vu. What happened here in the gospel today, exactly the same thing. So, when, when this guy, Jesus, told them, why don't you cast your net again? And they caught a number of fish. Something clicked to them. This happened to us already three years ago. It was the beginning and then it was John, the disciple, who recognized Jesus and says, It is the Lord. You know, are you not curious why they, they always not recognize Jesus after the resurrection? After staying with Jesus for three years, living with Him day and night, and they don't get it. They always failed to recognize Jesus, but in this instance, it was the disciple that Jesus loved, who is John, the beloved, who recognized Jesus. Why John? Why John, you think? And not Peter, who is most of the time the most impulsive one. John was the one who stood by the cross, who stood by Jesus till the end. It was only John who did not abandon Jesus among the disciples. John was right there with Mary at the foot of the cross. Remember Jesus telling John, Behold your mother. Woman, behold your son. It was John who stayed at the very end with Christ. And it is only that person who sticks with Christ until the end that recognizes his presence right away. The more intimate and closer we are to Christ, the more we are always attuned of the presence of God in our lives. But the abandonment of Peter and the other disciples hindered them to recognize Christ in their midst. You know, how many times it happens in my own life too, you know, when I'm like in a state of sin and I am away from grace and I know that if I am in the state of sin that I need to go back to the sacrament of reconciliation, there's just something wrong with attentiveness on my part. I don't always recognize, you know, where God is acting when I, whenever I'm in a state of sin. But whenever I'm in a state of grace, 
It's easy for me to pick up where God is acting in my life and in the lives of other people. So the question that we can ask ourselves is this, do I always recognize the dynamic and life-giving presence of God and the Holy Spirit in my life? How attentive or attuned am I to this dynamic work of God in my life? Do I always recognize Him? Do I recognize Him acting in my life right now in tangible ways or in other people? And then Jesus was heightening his presence by saying to them, by inviting them, come, let's have breakfast. You know, it's one of those very odd, you know, things, but it's not really odd, very human. But according to scriptural scholars, this invitation actually of Jesus to join him for, for breakfast was to prove to the disciples that he is not a ghost. Why? Because in the Jewish tradition, they, a lot of people, they say, see ghosts, but ghosts does not have capacity or do not have the capacity to eat because they're purely spirit. So when you're eating, meaning you have body, you're chewing, you're masticating. So when Jesus when Jesus said, come have breakfast, he's telling the disciples, don't be afraid of me. You're still figuring out who I am. Look, I am chewing with you. I am having breakfast and a ghost does not chew. So you see, I am the resurrected Christ. I am the same glorified body that you knew before. So don't be afraid. So that's why in the gospel it says, and they never dared to ask him who he was. Well, it's like, okay, now he's chewing. He's probably the real deal. <laughs> and then this, the whole thing is about restoring his friendship with them. You know, everything started with the casting of the net three years ago. And now it's the same thing. It was like the restoration of friendship. The betrayed Jesus was the one who took the initiative for the betrayer to reconcile with him. You know, that's where we see the, grand, the grandeur and you know, there, there's nothing prideful about God. There's no pride in God. The betrayed is the one who made it possible for the betrayer, the disciples, to reconcile with him. You know, if it was me, it's like, I don't know about you guys. You abandoned me. I don't think I'm going to give you a second chance. You never thought of that. And Jesus even heightened it by asking Peter, Simon, do you love me more than this? Three times. It's like undoing the, the three times that Peter denied him. 
The three times of denial were reversed back by Jesus asking the question three times to Peter, Peter, do you love me more than this? What does this tell us about this too? Our betrayal, which happens, you know, I, looking at my own life, my betrayal of God happens frequently than I want it to be faithful because of my sinfulness. But it tells me in this gospel that the reversal of my betrayal can be undone by loving him again. The betrayal of Peter was reversed back by Jesus himself when he asked him, do you love me? He was not saying, you need to do this. You need to, you need, let's have a contract. Let's sign an agreement that you will not betray me again. He's only asking us, just love me back. And we're good. We're restored back to our original relationship. But what does loving God means then? What does it entail? Feeding the lamb, tending my sheep. How are you excuse me, how are you tending and feeding the flock entrusted to you? Each one of us has a flock entrusted to us. With most of you, it is yours. For most of us, it is that small unit of family. If you want to know how much you love God, ask yourself, how am I doing with my tending and feeding of my flock? That's the question that I constantly ask myself too. As a priest, if I profess my love for Jesus and my love for God, then I need to ask myself, you know, it's not just about rituals, it's not just about kneeling, it's not about all of those great things that we do as Catholics, but in the end, it boils down to this, tending and feeding the flock. You have your own flock that you feed and tend by looking at how we do it we also know how much we love Jesus. And because of that, we follow Him.